0: welcome back. It's the Philosopher's Stone podcast, okay? Is
1: that alright with you?
0: Yeah, I'm annoyed you would even click on this, honestly. What do you think, you're smart? You think you're ready for a philosophy podcast with a couple of idiots? Well, chances are you are. You're ready. Because it doesn't take much prep time to listen to a moron. Referring to myself, Sam is actually very intelligent. Um... You know what, Sam? I think next episode you should do the intro because I'm getting jaded. Oh, all right. I'll do it. Okay.
1: I, I won't call you a moron either. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we'll see about that. What's what's happening, man? What'd you... Uh, ha- happy Canada Day. Happy belated Canada Day.
1: Oh, thank you. Thank you to you too. Um, Did you? Our, our home on native land.
0: Our home to be on native land. Yes. <laughs> I love how that one lady (laughs) took credit for like that lyric as if no one's been saying that for since the song's been invented. Did you hear about that?
1: Yeah. No, I didn't hear about that.
0: Some lady sang that version of it during like a big sporting event and it made news like home on native land. And then like, I swear to God, she used it to like launch her career as if she came up with that brilliant, brilliant edit on (laughs) our national anthem. I swear I thought it was home on native land my entire life. I was news it to me. That's like not <laughs> news to me. That's not what it is. So
1: yeah, it sounds like, yeah. it. um, I understand why it's not.
0: You understand why it's not? Well, the people but, that like, wrote it I probably Why it wasn't probably because the people who wrote it killed a bunch of native Americans. <laughs> I don't think they're going <laughs> to admit they'd want to admit to that in the national anthem.
1: <laughs> well, like when was it written? Like, cause I think the, like Little Louie's, check when was Canada? Would it have been 1967. Was that one?
0: Well, 1967, or oh, sorry, 1867. <laughs> 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 it's fairly new. It was actually first aired on Much Music. <laughs>
1: <laughs> My parents are British citizens. Um,
0: yeah. so I don't know. I don't know if it was written right on 18, the day.
1: Oh, here we go. 1880.
0: It was written 1880. Yeah. So for a while there, our country didn't have a national anthem.
1: Yeah, that's that's weird. Oh, no, sorry, sorry. Proclaimed to be Canada's national anthem on July 1st, 1980. What? Jesus.
0: Are you telling me that was only our national anthem since the 80s?
1: I'm looking this up.
0: That sounds uh, so, so wrong.
1: Of the national anthem. After 100 years of tradition. Oh, okay. So it was like traditionally it was the national anthem since 1880. And then 100 years later, they made it permanent.
0: Oh, just needed a quick 100-year test run on that bad boy?
1: Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Well, apparently they wrote there are are tons of different versions. And the actual version that we... It was originally French.
0: I was going to say. And then
1: they wrote tons of English versions. And so today we use one of the English versions.
0: I'm sorry to any of our French speaking listeners, but I really, it's just to me, that language is, it's, it's hard to listen to.
1: Whoa. You think so? I thought it was, it was supposed to be one of the, uh, well, I guess it's a romance language doesn't mean it's actually romantic, technically.
0: Also, who decided that? Sounds like something a French person would say.
1: No, it's from Roman. It's because they're derivatives from Latin. No. Romance.
0: Well, I like the other languages that are derivatives of Latin. <laughs> I don't know what it is about French. It's like you let it's like you let Spanish get moldy in the fridge. <laughs> Damn.
1: <laughs> Takedown. Brutal. Anyway. Take down.
0: <laughs> I know it's supposed to be all like it all sounds like one g- gushy, mushy word to me that it's like, ugh. ugh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh I mean, have you ever yeah, it's spin. Have, go ahead. for it? No, god, I was just, have Spanish. you ever fuck? I hate this lag; it's killing us. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, if I'm ever listening to a rap song and then they switch to French rapping, it's like, oh my god, it's almost genre ruining for me.
1: <laughs> yeah, it doesn't really slap.
0: No, it, well, French it doesn't I'm have sure enough hard sad. angles on it for rhyming. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. Like it's it's too. I keep on going back to the word like mushy. It's a mushy language. Hmm. I like yeah. the sharp sharper language. Not too sharp, but <laughs> you no know, German's too sharp. That's like you need to soften that bad boy up.
1: Interesting. Yeah, I I heard a there's this uh, Spanish writer named uh, Jorge Luis Borges. I don't mm. know
0: how to pronounce his name.
1: Bourgeois. Bourgeois. <laughs> <laughs> And he said English is actually his favorite language because he said it's a combination of it has like a combination of like Latin stuff and then a bunch of Germanic stuff, and so there's like two different ways to say everything in the language, and so it creates all sorts of unique expressions that you can't really use in other other languages.
0: Well, there's a reason it's the most widely used language in any sort of art. Isn't it? I would say I might just be saying that because I speak English. But a most...
1: modern lingua franca, if you
0: will. Sure. What that means? <laughs> <laughs> Mandarin is the language of business. English is the language of art. French is the language of compost. What? No, English <laughs> is the language of business. Still. Is it? I think so. Yeah. You know what? I've never done business, so I wouldn't know. <laughs> <laughs>
1: businessman (laughs) i am not
0: so um am a businessman not a businessman i'm a homeless man (laughs) Uh, (laughs) sam you're gonna be in town in my town end of the month is that correct is that still happening uh
1: yeah i should be flying in july 20 uh 27 i think
0: hell yeah dude catch open mic night Ah, or are yeah, we I just gonna go? There. How long are you in town for?
1: Um, just a week, and then I go to Vancouver Island.
0: Ah, Shiza. Wait, yeah, how so long I'm are there. you in Vancouver Island for?
1: I'm on Vancouver Island until the 11th or 12th, I think. Because
0: I might be going to Pender Island. Oh, where's is, is that? It's a tiny island off of the Vancouver Island. Uh, on that stretch of time so i mean i'm not saying we're going to be able to meet up but it'll be nice to know that if a tsunami hits for both dying.
1: <laughs> Pender island hold on i'm looking at the map oh wow you are oh okay so it's like off the coast of it
0: cool. yeah Neap. my wife's we're farther, uh, we're
1: farther up near campbell river unfortunately
0: are you going camping or with your parents uh
1: no with my family yeah. uh b and b Oh, nice. B&B thing, yeah. My, uh,
0: oh, wife's, is so big. my wife's aunt and uncle have a cabin on that island, so I think we am going to go with my wife, my sister-in-law, and her boyfriend and uh, chill for a few days. Nice. I hear it's very beautiful. Anyways.
1: Oh, it's, it's incredible. Have you never been to the island?
0: I mean, I've never been to Pender Island. I've been to Victoria. Oh, okay. Um ah, to Victoria the, doesn't count. Oh okay. I actually like Victoria. Um what did you do for Canada Day?
1: Um what did I do was Canada Day Saturday? Yeah. I think I went for I think I went to the beach. Nice. Yeah. Chilled.
0: Watch some fireworks. Nothing crazy.
1: No, definitely not. I've not been I've not done anything crazy in a pretty long time. <laughs>
0: Well, end of the month. Let's get fired up. I had a pretty, uh, actually, pretty. I partied pretty hard over the Canada Day weekend because it was a uh, I went camping for my wife's good friends. They're my friends too, but they started off as her friends there. It was the, it was like their wedding, uh, kind of bachelor bachelorette party combined. So there's like 30 people camping on this property out in Sycamus. Wow. And yes, it's a real town name for anyone that doesn't live in Canada. We have lots of goofy names like that. Sycamus. And the property was a private property. So we could be as loud as we wanted, which was nice. But uh, there was a family of bears that lived there. Sweet. (laughs) Constantly hearing these bears all around. Oh, my God. The property (laughs) owners had these two giant dogs. I, I think they're like... White, they're just these giant white dogs, and their whole job was to chase these bears away when they got close to camp. And they treat they chased them up the trees, or you'd you'd see them both get up from sleeping and just run into the woods, and then you'd hear the bear like yelling at them, and they'd be barking at it for like hours, just keeping it away. So, yeah, but uh, but yeah, it was a, it was a good party. Went to the beach there on Canada Day, which I'd never been. to I never stopped in Sikkimoose in my life. It's a small town. But you know, it was very, very charming. I suppose had some nice wilderness around it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a very small town, but everybody's heard of it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, Camloops, uh, Sycamus, What are we? What are we doing? Skookum Chuck. That's a good joke. Skookum Chuck. That sounds and like then a... next
1: to you. Got Boston Bar.
0: Really? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Anyways, well, that's cool. Happy birthday, Canada. <laughs> You're what, 100 or something?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something like that.
0: Youngest country on the planet. Is it one of them? It's got to be one of them, right? Besides, like, I don't know. What's a younger the most country?
1: recent. Uh, Czech Republic?
0: Technically, I guess the countries that changed All name of those countries. yeah, the countries—yeah, because when the
1: Soviet Ukraine,
0: <laughs> yeah, that one's having legally, a rough start. Legally speaking, yeah. Um, <laughs> let's you know, not get into historically,
1: it. Historically, that's it's not the case, but yeah, are the nukes going
0: <laughs> to drop? I've been hearing that we're going to get new, nu- like the nukes are going to start flying any day now. Okay, are the. Okay. Cl- we can.
1: This is this ties into the
0: topic for today, so that's perfect. Oh, per, I must have known that subliminally. Yeah. Cause I, you know, they have the doomsday clock. I was like researching this because I was, you know, stoned and paranoid. Uh, <laughs> sometimes when I get stoned and paranoid, I, I, I console myself by talking to Chat GPT. <laughs> Aww. Yeah. It's very nice. It's always up. You know, that's the good thing. It's never always sleep, always awake. I go, you up? And it goes, yes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I never sleep.
0: I never sleep, Jordan. I've been waiting here since your last question. Uh, Anyways, time is irrelevant. I read that we are closer to nuclear war than we were at the height of the Cold War right now. Okay. So,
1: Well, you can't believe everything you hear. I don't. You can't believe everything you hear.
0: I almost don't believe anything I hear, so that's (laughs) also not good.
1: Yeah, what are we supposed to do with all
0: this stuff that we hear? Is yeah, this gonna? What this what is what a segue do? into a, a philosophy of hearing.
1: Yeah, we're gonna be. We're going to one of the classics of philosophy that I don't. I don't think we've covered before. Okay. Now we, we've covered a lot of David Hume. All right. But I don't think we've ever explicitly covered his uh, his little treatise called On Miracles.
0: I don't know. I mean, we've probably touched on it. We've, we've, we've touched on it for this, sure. We talk about this fucking guy every goddamn week. I didn't know Hume. How come I've never heard of this guy? He seems to be like the main philosopher of history. Well,
1: I don't know. I wouldn't say that. He's he's my favorite. Um, okay. Yeah, he's... Uh, that's probably why we talk about him so much, because he's my favorite.
0: Okay. But um, I just remember the one portrait I saw of him. He just looks like a smug asshole. Oh, yeah, totally.
1: Totally. No, he's he's definitely the kind of guy who's just like, really smart born into money like just coasted through life like we said right. he was very popular in the barber shops in paris in the 1800s the women, women loved him because he was a great talker great conversationalist very funny
0: oh I, very I, man. dry wit i bet you having a good like quick wit and a sense of humor back then was like striking gold oh man
1: and I'd throw a scottish accent on top of it like oh, yeah oh, this guy was destroying yeah didn't Cross matter
0: him. he had a bump he had, he had a triple <laughs> bum chin <laughs> <laughs>
1: Bald triple bum chin. Yeah. Um, perpetually wearing a silk bathrobe.
0: Triple bum chin sounds like a town around here. <laughs> triple bum chin. Straight <laughs> next to stick a moose and Chuck and skookum chuck Skookum chuck that's what it was. Yeah,
1: yeah. all right. So, <clears throat> yeah, so I thought this would be a good topic because we hear so much stuff and we don't know how to make make sense of what we're hearing like like you're saying like we hear all this stuff out of russia like is there going to be a nuclear war um there's all this ufo talk happening congress is going to be holding hearings on ufos apparently i Um, thought they did that already they have done it but they're they're doing it again based on this uh whistleblower complaint uh Um, well they're just going to deny it again yeah. I mean, well, yeah, that's that's pretty much. It. I mean, they'll deny, they'll say they can't talk about anything, but um, whatever. Then there's cryptids, like Bigfoot. You hear people say stories like, I saw something in the woods, the paranormal, like I saw a ghost. Conspiracies, like vaccines are designed to weaken us or something. Right. All sorts of these things that you hear. And then, uh, and then of course, there's a big one that you don't hear as much anymore, but- obviously was a big deal in the past and that is a testimony about miracles so someone reporting that someone was brought back to life or that touching like a holy relic cured them instantly of a disease
0: yeah i mean i uh growing up in a church my church was very uh on board with miracles i never saw any myself my entire life growing up in that church, but everybody seemed to have a story of someone else seeing one.
1: Yes. Everyone else, everyone has a story of someone else seeing one and telling them and they, and then they pass it on. Yeah. Does that, that sounds familiar?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I think, uh, and that seems to happen, you know, a lot with social media has like amplified that to, uh, to exponential amounts.
0: To a society ruining point, in my opinion, are very close to it. Society, maybe not ruining, but like really (laughs) making it shittier. Yeah, there's there's so much uh, just bullshit, just pure bullshit that is shared on social
1: media. Like it'll literally just be a picture of something and then a text caption that someone has written on it. Mm -hmm. And people share this like it's true and there's no possible way to know if it's true or not
0: it's like all those quotes where there's Tom Hardy smoking a cigar and it's like a quote and it's like, I keep my loyalty in my fucking gun holder and bullshit. <laughs> like you know what I mean? It's like, if you're going to waste my time, fuck you. And like, you yeah. know, those quotes, the but then it's liners. like, yeah. And people are like, did Tom Hardy say that? <laughs> <laughs> what? What? I thought he was Tom. smarter than that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah and, uh, and this uh, this has been and what you learn when you read David Hume is that this this kind of thing, social media like this this isn't people spreading falsehoods isn't new. It's actually been around, you know, for a long time. For Hume seems to think it's been around for all of history, and he also seems to think it's how most religions got started. It was just uh, someone pretending to come back to life. And tricking oh, it's everybody. like the uh, the
0: invention of <laughs> lying. It's like when you imagine that that revelation that you can tell someone something that didn't happen and they believe it and will act on that, and you're like, "Oh, that's a cool trick."
1: Yeah. So, and so this is like really weird because Hume thinks this is really strange because Hume says that testimony, so like eyewitness reports or like people telling you like I saw this or someone saying my friend who's very trustworthy saw this. And now I'm going to tell you second, third third-hand information. He thinks this stuff is like the most necessary kind of reasoning for our daily lives. So like, like for, and for example, and it's true, like you ask your friend, like what's the weather like? You're going to believe them when they tell you like it's sunny, you're not going to assume they're lying to you.
0: No. Yeah. And you need to be able to trust, uh, people to a certain degree if you especially with basic information
1: yeah exactly you wouldn't be able to get through life if you doubted everybody all the time so the question is like why why do we think why do we trust each other so much in these like mundane things and hume thinks the answer is just custom over time our experience has taught us that people are generally inclined to tell the truth and they are ashamed if they're discovered to be lying. And we find that what people say and reality usually match when it comes to like mundane stuff. Yeah. Would you agree? Yeah.
0: Well, yeah. And there's like a certain, there's a built in consequence to lying. Right. So, and there's not real, usually the truth on it. Like the truth is the best. Like honesty is the best policy, like telling the truth, I think is the best way to go through life unless you're talking like small white lies to like protect someone's feelings. But everybody learns pretty quickly in life that telling the truth is better for you than telling lies all the time. So there's like a built in reward punishment system to that.
1: Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. Um, And that's that's pretty much exactly Hume's point is that we have this inclination to trust each other, because through experience, we've learned the consequences to lying are usually bad. So this is why Hume says that we we give credulity to other people's testimony, we credit them. And, but of course, we have to evaluate testimony, like we're talking about with all the cacophony of opposing claims that we hear all the time. We have to learn how to evaluate people's testimony do we accept it or dismiss it or do we just throw up our hands and be like "Ah, whatever
0: well I mean nowadays it's just like whatever uh, whoever's on my side of the political st- spectrum is telling the truth and what whoever's on the other <laughs> side is lying without exception no matter what evidence yeah. is thrown in front of us if they're on the other side of the of the of the of the of the playing field they're liars All of them. And no one lies on our side. We are a perfect record. of Truth tellers.
1: Yeah. And I think you could easily see like Hume would be like, and that is again, just like from experience through experience, we've learned that our associates, our friends, the people who share our beliefs are more to be trusted than the people who uh, don't share our beliefs. In fact, who have contradictory beliefs. Right. So like we have this innate, but then like you're saying like that, is a flaw in the system.
0: Yeah, because, because you're it, not looking at yeah. logic anymore or reasoning, you're looking at the, you know, what they put on the voting card. And that's not a good way to decide who's yeah. telling the truth or not necessarily. Yeah,
1: but I think like uh for the most part that is like how we do think. Hume would say that is how we do think. We uh we don't really reason, we just go like with our customary inclination which is to to trust and accept what our team is saying.
0: Oh, it's way easier. You don't want to spend so much time thinking.
1: Yeah. So yeah. So experience has uh, kind of screwed us in that respect. But we also need. We still need it because it's really at the end of the day, it's how we evaluate testimony for better or for worse. So in in this. So in most cases. So, so say someone says like I saw. Um, I saw a Bigfoot. Yeah, and you would think like, okay, and then the other person is saying, no, no, no. their friend is saying, I saw it too. It was not Bigfoot; it was just a bear on on its hind legs. Yeah, how would you choose which of those to accept? Like, how would you well, look at your experience and think, who do I accept based on my experience?
0: Well, I mean, obviously, uh, if you've seen a. It it seems like if there's two people witnessing the same thing and one of them is a very common occurrence and one of them's a groundbreaking discovery, I'm going to go with the one that's a common occurrence first.
1: Yeah, exactly. Because it's more in matches your experience. Yeah. And that's just what we do when people, when we hear two conflicting reports, we tend to believe the one that is more familiar to us and the less weird.
0: Well, yeah, that's the I mean, you, you got to go with uh, the most likely option when it's something like yeah. that, especially if there's two witnesses and one of them is actually saying it, they saw the most likely option. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also, I would look- take into you have to take in consideration the history of these individuals as far as are these oh, people yeah. that are, are, is one of them, someone who like really doesn't lie a lot and one of them, someone that lies all the time because mm-hmm. you have to yeah. if you have that information you have to you have to factor that in too because then i wouldn't be so quick like say the guy that said it was the bear on hind legs is like a notorious liar and just troll <laughs> and the person who says they saw bigfoot you've never had any reason to doubt anything they've ever said and they seem like they're totally with it and not like a weirdo
1: ah uh, okay so you're uh this is like highlighting one of the cool points of Hume's argument is how do you uh what happens when one when the testimony is contradictory but you but the evidence on both sides seems equal what do you do um that's great well we can but i think we should table that and uh okay and get to it okay so we've established that like all we really have to rely on to evaluate People's testimony is our own experience. But we should always remember that experience is not infallible. So for example, someone if you tell someone that water can freeze into ice, but this person has never been in a climate that's cold enough to have frozen water and has never heard of it before, Mm -hmm. they might just not believe you because it contradicts their experience. Right.
0: In a time before before refrigerators.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. What would you think about that? Would you think that person was like dumb to to think to to not believe you about the ice?
0: No, like, I wouldn't.
1: Do you think that's a failure of reasoning or
0: No, no, I mean that's like uh I don't know. Take an, another example. Like so someone could I don't know. Maybe there's someone that drinks I don't know what I, I I'm I'm struggling to find an example, but it's like imagine taking something that you know every day you have An experience with every day. Water is a great example, and you've never seen it in as an an ice form. Like, how do you even, why would you believe that if you don't know the science behind it? That's like, and why would you believe some guy telling you that? Yeah. Right. It's like, it's like someone being like, maybe there's a land somewhere where trees can walk around. (laughs) Would you believe that if someone told you that? Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's like, it's like in the Dune trailer there, there's, there's, or for the Dune True trailer. Oh, so Paul's you watched th- the trailer, huh? I, I had no choice. They played it in the theater. I was in the theater. I, <laughs> like, I had no choice.
0: <laughs> oh, that must have, that must have killed you. <laughs> I was. I was like, fuck. All right, here we go. But
1: it wasn't the full trailer. It was just the teaser. I didn't get the full thing. Okay. I didn't see Christopher Walken.
0: Oh, I, I've uh, seen it. I saw the full trailer. It's good. looks so, like it's going to be good.
1: Yeah, so he's like, Paul is telling, uh, uh, what's her name? Ch- Channy, you sound like Channy. Like on Arrakis. you can dive into the water. She's like, you can dive in. Like that doesn't make any sense.
0: I'm not on Arrakis, on the other one.
1: Oh, sorry, Caledon. Sorry, Caladan.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that part of the trailer, and she's like, doesn't believe him because yeah. she'd never seen it. Water to them is like this mystical little substance that's barely anywhere.
1: Yeah. Yeah, but she's not an idiot for for thinking that. In fact, you would. If someone readily believed that, you might think that they're they're gullible, almost.
0: Yeah, I mean, if it, if someone came from another planet and was like, on our planet, trees can walk around. I'll be like, well, you got here on from another fucking planet, so I'm 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 gonna believe you because.
1: That's a good point, actually. That is a good point. Considering they came from a totally different planet and you have yeah. no experience whatsoever from their planet, you actually have no. Actually, that's a good question. If someone comes from another planet you don't have any experience of their planet. Unless so they you tell you like, something yeah. about it. You have nothing to, to go on except their testimony
0: and their character. Right. It's like, okay, <laughs> why, why would how much person- do you,
1: do you know them though? They're from another planet.
0: You know, it's like, if you don't have any reason for that, you'd think they'd make shit. Like if they were like, also depends on what they're telling you. Uh, if there's, if they're like requiring your action, that might be a reason to suspect something, right? If they came from another planet and they're like, we need you to send all this resource to our planet because such and such is happening. Then you're like, all right, now I'm having to give something up. Maybe I should ask a couple more questions to check the validity of this. But if it's just something about, like I said, like the trees there, they do backflips when they get happy. And it's like, uh-huh. Oh, like that's, I would just, I think I'd believe it. It's like, all right,
1: why okay, would they tell me that? Fair. Cause
0: yeah, that doesn't require fair. anything of me to to believe it like they're well, not asking for me to like we need to stop these trees from backflipping so send us you how, know a, do- a dollar a day
1: how do you know they're not scamming you though
0: i mean that's the thing is why would that like <laughs> what could the backflipping tree why like what are they gaining by lying to me about that that's like the question i'd have to ask whereas if they said maybe it's just, like a game maybe it's fun for them it's like their game they go lie well, to other well, I don't care. Good for them. Oh, I hope they have fun with that little lie. That's good for them. <laughs> I don't think it's like unless that's like a, you notice that about, say, a big group of them come from a different planet. And you notice that they really love lying, like like little white lies is like how they have fun. And you notice that, then I'm like, all right, yeah, I'm not going to believe anything they say. because it's that fun for them to lie, they're probably doing it all the time.
1: Yeah. Okay. Alright, this is this is good because now we can we can get into this. So so with miracles or sorry, with, with testimony, Hume's conclusion is the way we have to sort this is if we've got two opposing testimonies, we pit the two proofs against each other, whichever one is the stronger succeeds. And if neither is stronger, then they cancel each other out and we can't uh, we can't draw any conclusions. Okay, so now we can get into the miracle stuff. So, okay. so a miracle is defined as a violation of the laws of nature themselves. So, not just someone dies suddenly, not nothing like that. It has something has to be like an actual violation of the law of nature, like someone comes back to life, mm-hmm. or a human regrows a limb or something, right? Um, or a so, tree
0: backflips.
1: Or a tree does a backflip. Yeah. Now the laws of nature are established by the totality of our experience. So the so like this is not like your belief that uh, you're not going to get fired from your job tomorrow, right? Or that like there won't be a nuclear war tomorrow. The, this is like if I throw a rock up in the air and nothing stops it, it's going to fall back to the earth.
0: Yeah. Physics. Yeah, that kind of thing. Physics. Essentially. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Um and all of our uh knowledge, so I don't know if we need to recap all of Hume's reasoning. That might take it too long. But anyway, the totality of our experience says that the laws of nature are never violated. Now, Hume has like this whole thing where he doesn't really think he he does not believe that like when we learn about the laws of nature that we're, we're not we don't base that on reasoning. We base it on custom and experience. So, the laws, a uniform experience of like trees not backflipping and rocks falling, that's as close as you can get to a proof. Right. So, the totality of our experience, according to Hume, proves that miracles are impossible. So, suppose someone gives testimony that they saw a miracle. And let's go back to our principle that when you confront two opposing testimonies, you have to pit them against each other and see which one is, is, has the stronger, uh, stronger weight to it, or has more weight. So testimony can only establish a miracle if the testimony's proof is stronger. So how do you know if the testimony's proof is stronger than the proof of the totality of your own experience? Well, Hume has a great way of putting it. He says, if it would be more contrary to our experience that the testimony was false than that the laws of nature had been violated. In other words, which is the greater miracle, that the testimony is false or that the laws of nature have been violated?
0: Right. So, when, is there even any examples of a testimony like that?
1: Oh, he, he gives a bunch. Really, he goes, he goes really into.
0: He goes Hume um, on it.
1: He goes Hume on it because miracles were a big deal in, uh, in Hume's time. It was a big money thing for the church. Yeah, and competing sects of uh, the church would claim that miracles had been done at, uh, you know, churches or abbeys that they controlled to sort of win more, uh, win more converts to their side. Ah, so this was a. It was a it was a big big deal, um, but Hume Hume argues that uh, in all of human history, the credibility, quality, and number of the witnesses has never been high enough to render them infallible in our eyes. And he gives some great examples. I just got a the fan keeps blowing the pages of my book closed.
0: You have one of our fans there. I didn't know we had any.
1: <laughs> yeah, Ferdinand, stop blowing on the book.
0: <laughs> Ferdinand, yeah. Oh, I wonder what happened to that guy.
1: Yeah. Uh, okay, so let me. Yeah, here's a here's a good one. Um, so there's this guy. So he gives examples from ancient Greece. Uh, there's a philosopher. There's a false prophet named Alexander, who went to this town called Paphlagonia. And all the people who lived there were extremely ignorant and stupid. And Alexander, uh, staged this crazy miracle where he showed us, he showed a snake getting born from a goose's egg. Right. And said it was a God and tricked everybody in in town. And they all spread the, the rumor. And Hume says that this, uh, this impostor was enabled to proceed from his from these ignorant uh, townspeople to quote the enlisting of votaries even among the Greek philosophers and men of the most eminent rank and distinction in Rome. Nay, could engage the attention of that sage emperor Marcus Aurelius so far as to make him trust the success of a military expedition to his delusive prophecies.
0: So he took that one little trick and reach the highest levels of government with it.
1: Oh, yeah, straight up. With, uh, with a lie, a straight-up lie. But it was propagated by enough people. Now, why, why is this? Why are these people so, like, why aren't they weighing the, the testimony? Like, why aren't they saying, which is the greater miracle? That this is a, a stage show, or that it's actually violating the totality of the laws of nature? Like, because why aren't they just are- doing that?
0: People love magic, man. They want to believe that they witnessed <laughs> something amazing. They want to have something that they, they're like, "I was there. I I was in, at the time when the snake god was born. I was there. I saw it." They probably didn't see it. They they probably know two people down the line that might have seen it. But when they tell their grandkids, they were right. They pulled the snake out themselves. You know, like that. That's how it goes.
1: Oh yeah, exactly. And Hume Hume echoes that. Exactly where he says, uh, quote, the passion of surprise and wonder arising from miracles, being an agreeable emotion, gives a sensible tendency towards the belief of those events. And he also says, quote, with what greediness are the miraculous accounts of travelers received, their descriptions of sea and land monsters, their relations of wonderful adventures, strange people, and uncouth manners. We love to be lied to.
0: We love something out of the ordinary. That's what we love. We love we do, and uh, the the idea that there's more to the world than what we see before us. Because fr- quite frankly, the world gets kind of boring. And then you're like, you know what? It would be cool if there would if there were dragons just beyond that mountain range. And then they don't <laughs> even have to see one. They just the belief that there is adds more excitement to the world.
1: Oh, yeah, totally, totally, totally. And also
0: with religion, I mean, like, it is so much easier to be religious. It is so much easier to, to like, have your afterlife sorted out and to believe that your life itself is going exactly as this, whatever Mm -hmm. deity has planned. You just, it takes all your personal responsibility away from your own, like, uh, it's just that you don't have to think too much. It's like, why struggle with the existential crisis of being a sentient being on this planet when there's this nice little package you can just buy into that solves all of that.
1: Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. It's yeah. And it's, uh, it's been going as this, as this shows, this is nothing new and it's been going on since the dawn of time. People really like Mm -hmm. to be lied to and they like to believe things that suggest that, you know, everything might change. And And everybody likes
0: to be the one with the, with a story, right? You go go, out, there's another one. Yeah. You go out from your village, you come back instead of being like, ah, Jordan's back. Probably nothing cool happened. And you're like, wow, they were really disappointed last time when I didn't come back with some sort of story. So, hmm, instead of telling the truth, why don't I make everyone's day with a story?
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And, and Hume, uh, Hume points out that the the opposite can be true too. Like sometimes people really believe their lies and they they tell them not because they're trying to deceive people or because they have an ulterior motive, but they really just straight up believe bullshit. Other people use those true believers and manipulate them for their own ends.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, we've all witnessed that a few times in our (laughs) lifetime. Um, and it is like that that thing where it's like you could make up like some people could like humans are so weird. Like if, if they they could invent something like a lie and just through repetition end up believing it themselves. Like, you know, when someone believes their own bullshit, it's like, you know, they especially when it's about how how their own capabilities or their own uh, worth. They love to believe those lies that they make up about themselves.
1: Hmm. Yeah. So, but what what are we going to do when uh, when there are some? Because he goes through some where the, like the amount of of witnesses is, is wild. Like, uh, here here is one. Here is an example. Uh, there quote. There's a memorable story re- related by, um, uh, Cardinal de Ritz. So he's saying. Uh, He was in Spain, he went, so this is like a a nobleman, he goes to Spain, he goes to a cathedral, he is shown a man who, who is there and he doesn't have a leg, and then he recovers that leg by rubbing oil on the stump. And the cardinal assures him that he saw him do it himself. This miracle was vouched by all the canons of the church and the whole company in town were appealed to for confirmation of the fact um it's like the whole town was saying this happened
0: i mean it reminds me of like a mob you know in the in the uh in the opposite direction you know what i mean i didn't see nothing mm-hmm. did you see something i didn't see anything i didn't see yeah. anything either and the next thing you know no one saw anything even yep. though someone was murdered in broad daylight right it's like the opposite of that it's like you saw that right yeah, 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 yeah. I saw that. Did you see it? Oh yeah, I saw it. But, but hey, Brian, you 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 saw that, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. No, I I saw that. That's how it goes.
1: <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So, so we can we can apply this to. Let's apply this to UFOs. So, there's tons of testimony on YouTube online of all these people claiming, either firsthand or secondhand, to have seen UFOs like up close in person. Mm -hmm. There are people who like, let's take the government claims, right? So there's this Bob Lazar who says he worked at area 51 and he worked on UFOs themselves. What do we, uh, now is the UFO claim? Is that a miracle claim? Like, does it contradict the totality of our experience of the laws of nature? I don't think so.
0: No, because I think uh, nowadays uh, people, especially nowadays the idea that there's aliens that aliens exists is like a much more logical uh, viewpoint than saying we're the only ones in the universe. It's just now it's like, have they actually visited that's the thing that people are arguing right now. So it's not like, it's not like everybody's saying that's impossible. It's just saying that it's unlikely. So it's a bit different.
1: Yeah. Um, it is a bit different. Um, but it's it's not uh yeah it's, so it's different from a miracle it's not on the par of a miracle but it's also it is so crazy that if it were true it would be one of the it would be the most important uh one of the most important scientific
0: yeah. discoveries but yeah. it would also it would also affect society on such a level that it, it there's also valid reason to hide it right because it it could, yeah. it could it could uh, upset the status quo to a point where like it's hard to predict what would happen if that that information came out and it was like 100% verifiably true that aliens were here and like that type of comp- that type of information would change a lot about how the human psyche even exists on this planet and maybe it's too risky. Like I I could totally see that too. Like of course we had to hide that from the general public. Like they can barely handle fucking anything and and (laughs) they don't respond properly to anything. So like something that big, Oh my God.
1: Yeah. So, so yeah, there's definitely reasons why it would be covered up. Um, There's plenty of reasons why it would be covered up, but you can also think of plenty of reasons why it would be, made up
0: yeah of course right well i mean the thing about the ufos is that there are enough uh natural phenomenon in the night sky that can kind of be passed off of something like a ufo that it's like it's not like they're just like seeing lights that in the sky i think lots of people have seen a light in this night sky they don't know what how to explain it
1: yeah well, I'm, OK, so here's the thing with that. This is this is the one that we can apply the Humean technique to pretty easily. Suppose you see a light in the sky moving around really weird in the flyway. Yeah, you can think. And that's all you really see is just a light. You can't really tell how far away it is, how big it is, whatever. Mm-hmm. Now, you can think that was a, an alien from maybe another dimension or another planet that has traveled, you know, hundreds of light years to be here. Or maybe it was a drone, maybe it was something else, but not an alien.
0: Well, yeah, nowadays it's like there's so many people with personal drones that it's like that's usually going to be the answer.
1: Yeah. So usually your experience, you have to go with not a UFO for pretty much anything that you see because unless you have like a very clear look at it, it's even then like it's more likely it's going to be a fake than an actual UFO according to your experience. Like if all we're going by is our own experience, it, I would, and I saw like a hovering flying saucer. Yeah. It would have to be extremely convincing for me not to think it was just a fake. Because my experience says it's more likely a fake than a real alien. Yeah. Like I mean, easier, I, I would almost makes, I would
0: like you, if I was going to believe I was looking witnessing a UFO, I would have to see something that, i have not and i would have to, i think it would honestly it would have to be like during the day like i'd have to have such a clear view at it and not understand yeah. what i'm looking or what how what's i'm seeing is done by humans like yeah. that's that's what it would take to convince me because even like some of the smaller even some of the bigger drones can be made to look in any shape that they want right with the hovering device inside it doesn't really need to look like a uh, an airplane or anything
1: no yeah you could easily you could make like some really lightweight material that looks like metal and yeah make like a cube and have it not to mention in the air. like
0: <laughs> air balloon like balloons <laughs> helium stuff like that i honestly yeah. would almost need to see these fuckers step out of this thing to believe it
1: and and honestly like until you yeah until you are like hands-on examining it scientifically yeah you can't say you it's you have it's it's not reasonable to conclude just from seeing something that looks like a UFO, that it's an actual alien. Yeah. You got to have way more evidence than that because it's always going to be more plausible that it's just a human made object.
0: It's just way too easy. It's so Yeah. Yeah. Way too easy for humans to, uh, make something that suggests alien. So you can't really like, that's still the more, no matter how fantastical what you're witnessing looks like, it's still more likely it's human than alien. Until you're like actually like looking at the technology and no one on earth knows what it is. Or if you actually talk, like you actually interact with an alien and you, I'd almost still have to be like, is this (laughs) some sort of like hologram CGI? Like am I wearing some sort of like Google glasses and I'm not aware of it? Like, yeah, I mean, I would honestly, I think, I think the safest thing is like you have to, you have to assume it's not an alien until you actually have sex with it. (laughs) yeah (laughs) just just to be safe
1: (laughs) where do i put my dick
0: (laughs) i'm not gonna believe you're an alien until i come inside of you so let's just get this going
1: (laughs) oh sorry you cut out there i didn't hear that
0: I mean, yeah, you've been cutting out a lot. I just try and I try and guess what you've said. <laughs> oh
1: no, what? Is it my internet that's bad?
0: <laughs> no, man. This I would I would say it's mine because I just okay. I have issues with my com- it's my computer and my internet. But I listened to the last okay. episode and it's not so bad. We just talk over each other a little bit, but it doesn't okay completely that's cut funny. out what we're saying. So apologies to our four listeners. <laughs> They're used Um, to terrible technical glitches by this point.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. the Alien thing. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's always, yeah, pretty much going to be more likely not to be aliens. It's again, it's like the, the water. If you had never seen water freeze, you wouldn't, but you wouldn't believe someone who told you that, that it could. Mm -hmm. And it's the same, same with this. We have no experience of aliens, so we don't really know what to expect. We could of course be wrong. That's the thing. They could totally be actual aliens. It's just not a conclusion that's warranted uh, based on the information we have available.
0: I mean, if the government of the United States came out and showed video and pictures And said, "Yes, we've had this for a while. We don't understand the technology. We've hit it because Mm -hmm. of this, this, and this. Uh We didn't want. I would, uh, I would be inclined to believe it at that point, even if I haven't seen it with my own, like my own two eyes in person.
1: Um, You would, if you would trust the the U.S. government if they disclosed UFOs
0: with some sufficient evidence and reasoning, and like you know, I wouldn't just say I wouldn't take it at face value. I'd need them to kind of at least do a little bit of." explaining Mm -hmm. and proving, but it's not so, so it's like I said, it's not impossible. It's not outside the realm of physics.
1: Okay. There's a fundamental, there's a solution to this, but there's also a fundamental problem with accepting, I think accepting if the government were to say, look, we have UFOs, they're real. Here's one. We'll fly it around for you. Yeah. My problem with that is there's no way to know if they didn't just build it and now they can fly it. Yeah. Yeah. And they just said that it was an alien. But here's what I think would solve this. And this was actually raised by a Harvard professor who's, all, who's big on the aliens, Avi Lube. He said, if it's real, you have to let the academic community study it. Yeah. Because the academic community can be trusted a lot more than the government.
0: <laughs> yes. I would need to have some outside Investigations going on as well. Like you can't really just trust the government at face value uh, with anything. So you need like the 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 uh, the Watchdog or whatever you want to call them. You need to give it to like Bill Nye. <laughs> Bill Nye <laughs> says it's real. In fact, he's the only one. Uh, yeah, I need him and Neil deGrasse Tyson to both bang an alien together and then tell. Oh him. God! In
1: inter. <laughs> Interracial, intergalactic yeah. DDP. Wow. They would
0: both keep on their little bow ties too. That's what's the oh, first part. No. <laughs> that's true. Oh. That's truly interracial, that one. No
1: oh, man. Yeah. Uh well yeah, so I, I think I think um if there's ever gonna be proof that people accept, I don't think it'll come from the government. I think people would accept proof that came from the academic community independently, and there's and this Avi Leb guy, he's like going hard on this. He wrote a book about Amuamua. Do you remember Amuamua? No. Amuamua was the first interstellar object ever detected in the solar system. That doesn't mean it's the first interstellar object; just the first one that was spotted. Mm-hmm. So it was a, a pancake-shaped asteroid that came into the solar came into the solar system from interstellar space so it's not it's never been part of our or the sun's orbit or anything
0: right it's not part of the regular uh, it's not a comet yeah, yeah. yeah. because most of the from, stuff we ha- we have in our solar system it's on a they're on rotation right we see them uh yeah crowded. there's a great
1: sorry th- yeah there's a great uh animation you can watch online actually that shows how it works um where the the sun where it, it's not like things orbit the sun. It's more like things are spiraling, spiraling along behind the sun. I've seen that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So anyway, this is a muamua thing. Uh, It came in from interstellar space, sort of boomeranged around the sun and then shot off into interstellar space again to God knows where. Mm -hmm. And they analyzed this. And what Avi Lube and his team said was that um, this thing accelerates away from the sun. Too fast, and this is so. There's no apparent source for the acceleration. This normally happens with comets; they get close to the sun, mm-hmm. and a bunch of their ice melts, and they pick up velocity. Ah, but this wasn't a comet; it was just a rock, and there was no de- degassing. It just accelerated as it passed the sun, and and then left the system. And Avi Loeb thinks that that's evidence that it was a solar, uh, sail kind of thing.
0: So no one could explain why that happened or how that happened.
1: There are competing. There are competing hypotheses. I think,
0: um, I'm
1: not in a position really to compare them, but
0: so do they, they think this thing needed to get close to the sun in, in order to accelerate to its next destination?
1: Um, Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they're like ascribing any goals or anything to it, but they're saying mm. like physically, there's no accounting for its acceleration other than if it has some sort of energy uh, producing capacity, like a solar panel hmm. that uh, got supercharged and then
0: magnetic charge. You know, magnets are weird. They do all sorts <laughs> of weird
1: shit. Yeah. Anyway.
0: Well, holy so it's crap, not totally a miracle, am. but
1: it's not We're totally just- a miracle. It still would be extremely weird. Uh-huh. But if you are going to assign credence to it, don't listen to the government. Don't listen to people on YouTube. Listen to actual scientists who are studying it.
0: I think the safest uh, way is to assume even then, it's a fake, yeah, Assume it's even then, you fake to, until you have intercourse with it. That's just a general yeah. rule. Yeah. Um,
1: but, but even then, like, well, okay, not the intercourse thing, but even with the scientists, like, they're all chasing prestige and book money and stuff, too. So you've got to be skeptical right. of them as well.
0: Well, all this talk of aliens has me wondering if you've read The Three-Body Problem yet.
1: No, I listened to the audiobook though.
0: How about the second one? The second one is where you know, things get crazy.
1: No, I haven't I've li- I haven't read the I haven't listened to it yet. The no, second and sure.
0: third one explore a lot of cool ideas with with physics and space travel and what certain phenomenons could be caused by and like, like what you might see when, or what effects, uh, space might have on it. If something accelerated to to light speed in a moment's notice, like there's these like wakes that it leaves behind. And it's like, once they know what to look for, they realize how many of these are actually around. It's like the, uh, kind of the mark of a ship entering light speed anyways. Cool. Yeah. It's dope. Fucking read it, listen to it, buy it, wait for the movie. I don't care. Netflix an, Netflix is coming out with this, but man, it's just one of those things where it's like, I don't know. I don't know if they're going to be able to really capture what the book puts forth. I just don't know if they will. Anyhow, that's our that's it. That's all we got for today.
1: Yeah. Remember, don't believe everything you hear.
0: Yes. Only believe stuff you can fuck. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. Uh you know, what? I, I I still don't know how to get into our emails, so apologies if there's emails going oh
1: there. God, we just got to set up a new one.
0: <laughs> I I know. I got to I'm just I'm so I have so <laughs> many goddamn plates in the air. It's annoying. All right, that's it. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. See ya.